<laughs> Three minutes after 12 is the time. If you're just tuning in, um, you've you, you, you missed out, actually. That last call there. Uh, you should see my Twitter feed. Everybody's on exactly the same tip. Oh, my God, he's a copper. He's old Bill. What a roller coaster story that was. Loved Oliver's call. I mention all of this because if you're listening to Mystery Hour on a podcast, you should know that there's now also a best of James O'Brien free podcast available on iTunes. So I thought I'd get this in at the top. Means you can go and download that now as well. Two podcasts a week coming from the show, which is great. Four minutes after twelve is the time. Mystery hour. What is it? You should know by now, but I'll fill you in briefly. It is your weekly opportunity to achieve the sort of satisfaction that's not ordinarily available anywhere else on the radio. You have a mystery. We have the answer. I say we, and you have the answer as well. Usually, the way it works is you you, you ring in with a who, a why, a what, where, when, whether, wish, whither, wherefore, whence, you, you name it. You can ask it, as long as it's not boring or repetitious. Um, that's it, really. As long as it's not boring or repetitious. And by repetitious, I just mean something that we've done recently that we can remember. It'd be nice if you could check the archive. We've got an archive over at lbc.co.uk, but I appreciate I can't really um, uh, discuss that. I can't really guarantee. I can't insist, rather, that you check the archive before ringing in. It does mean that I leave myself open to the regular embarrassment of asking people how they know the answer to the question, and they can say, well, I heard it on Mystery two years ago but that, that's the price you pay for a successful and popular feature like this i can't remember everything that's gone on any more than you can um where are we then oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number that you need i've already asked a question actually and i'm going to leave it up there actually as part of mystery hour and that question is why is jordan vertut or vertu the unluckiest arguably the unluckiest footballer in the world at the moment and you you you, you <laughs> I've already got an answer coming in, so don't ring in with the answer as that. Simon asks, can you introduce Revenge Hour every Tuesday from next week as it sounded brilliant? No, mate, you missed it. It's your fault. Oh, you mean it sounded brilliant? You were listening. I can't do it every week. You can't, you can't make lightning strike twice. You sit here today thinking, what the hell are we going to talk about? We're not allowed to talk about the elections. Oh, man. And we had the most powerful hour on the difficulties that former military people face getting into work on Civvy Street. I mean, really impressive callers, but really incredible insights as well. And then the last hour just went absolutely bonkers. Six minutes after 12 is the time. Eric is in New Malden. Question or answer, Eric? Question, please. Yields. Um, all right, so I'm working on the pond today, and uh, I've gotten my jeans very wet. St- so just stay on, Eric. <laughs> well, it's just... It's, what? what? Why do clothes get dark when they're wet, even though water is clear? Is that a mystery? Is it counterintuitive? That's what... It's counterintuitive, yeah, I would suggest. Unless, well, your intuition, intuition is probably greater than mine. No, it isn't. I mean, it should intuition. be clear. But you're thinking, I mean, it's like you're seeing water as light or something. It's not. It's a, it's a, it's a substance. So a wet cloth. There's no reason why a wet cloth shouldn't be darker than a dry cloth, is there? Well, is there any reason it should be? Yeah, I take your point. Yeah, I, I, you know what? I've got a feeling. We... All right, you're on. Yeah, why, why, why does water make clothes, make fabric, make things go darker when it's clear? It doesn't have any. It's to do with light. But I've, I'm not even going to get close to getting a proper answer to that question. So we'll throw open the phone line, phone lines, and find someone who does. Oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number you need if that someone is you. Dawn is in Rayleigh. Dawn, question or answer? A question, please. Yes. Is there a clinical difference between a psychopath and a sociopath? And if so, what is it? You've been listening to too much LBC, haven't you, Dawn? (laughs) 
been you listening. You've been well think that I couldn't possibly. You've been listening at weekends. <laughs> the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath. Uh, well, uh, th- 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 neither of them have any empathy. Uh, there's a brilliant book you should yeah. read if you find this sort of stuff interesting by John Ronson called The Psychopath Test. I've read it. I've read it. Well, the answer's in there. Well, I know what a, so- a psychopath is. It's got like all the definitions. But is it a, is a sociopath different? Because you hear all I psychopaths. Are, I, I think all psychopaths are sociopaths. But it's a question of whether they inflict harm on others, isn't it? So a sociopath will not be affected by yeah. conscience or empathy. Mm. A, a psychopath will I mean, actually. One of the things like oh. I heard was almost like a joke. You know, what's the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath? Psychopaths don't know other people are real. Sociopaths know other people are real. They just don't care. Or is it something like um, with a sociopath, their behaviour is learnt because they've had a dysfunctional upbringing, say. Mm-hmm. But with a psychopath, it's something that they can't change, like it's due to a brain injury or hereditary or something like that. I just wonder if you've got uh, your many. Right, no, I will. We will. I don't. I don't. You know, we should have. Uh, so we're looking for some sort of clinical psychologists to ring in or something like that, They're, or someone yeah, who can remember yeah. this book we've both read that neither of us can remember the full. I'm sure it's in there. You know. <laughs> We'll find yeah, out for you. Is, I can remember a lot, but I can't remember if that was actually clarified. No, you're, you're on. What's the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath? Is there a reason why you want to know? Is it, is it to help you plead? <laughs> no, it's just uh, <laughs> one or two things recently, so you might have triggered the question in my brain. No, but you're on. Everybody's a bit fascinated with monsters, aren't they? Yes, they are. And that, and that, I mean, that's why it's such an amazing book, but it, it's obviously not amazing enough to have allowed us to remember precisely what that distinction is we'll find out nine after 12 is the time so why does there you go what's the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath and why have eric's jeans got wet not why have they got wet why do wet jeans go darker than dry jeans why does water which is clear make things darker which is not clear stuart is in deptford stuart question or answer um stuart is my dad i'm david but can we do a question yeah of course you can david to, to, well, hang on a minute. I, you can't actually. No. Well, put put your dad on quickly for me, David. Okay. Just for Hi. one second. Hello, James. Mate, we've got all sorts of rules about letting children on the radio, and if you didn't clear yeah. it first with the producer, we've just broken all of them. I did ask him if my boy could ask a question. They said yes. Really? Because I said he's only nine. Because I know you have a rule with your girls. You see. Uh, and you, you, and they're off today, aren't they? You, you've got polling station issues. Oh, yeah, right. So you're cool. You're cool with him talking to me. Yeah, I am, yeah. That's fine, then. Let, let, put the lad on quick before he gets upset. Hello. Hello. David! You're live on Mystery Hour. What's your question? Um, if you dug a hole through the centre of the earth um, and you dropped a ball through it, um, what, what would happen? Would it stop in the middle? Would it stop in the middle? Because of gravity. So a, the- a theoretical hole right through the centre of the earth... Would it? Would gravity sort of meet in the middle and and mean that the ball stopped moving? Yeah. I like this question. I'll try and find out for you. Thanks. No, thank you. Thank you, David. Thank you, Stuart. Ten minutes after twelve. Well, that's avoided awkwardness expertly there, like a figure skater. Bob's in Waltham Cross. Bob, question or answer? I have a question for you, James. Yes. My question is: We hear that animals produce better milk or cows do if they are listening to music and chickens supposedly lay more eggs my question is do animals have a natural sense of rhythm wherever you go in the world people have all types of music but if you go there and you hear it you're not along you tap your feet or whatever i want to know whether animals actually enjoy that 
type of rhythmic thing that you get from music. They do have rhythm. My dog's got rhythm. Does my, it? My, my, dog, my dog raises her paw up and down in time with the music. Oh, there you go, see? Well, do other animals. Well, I can't, hang on a minute, it's mystery hour, not mystery month. I can't, we'll go through them all one by one, start with the aardvark, end with the zebra. I, I don't know, is the aardvark, but your question is, do any animals have rhythm, to which the answer is yes. Uh, my, my, know, have you not seen the Jungle Book? <laughs> <laughs> That doesn't count, really. Come so on, you, you want you want a slightly more authoritative answer to this? Yes, I do. <laughs> my my wife's dog used to howl along to Coronation Street years ago. Not the same thing at all. Most people would no. Most people would howl along to that. But I just wanted to know whether it doesn't matter where you go in the world. Different music, you know. You you tap along to it. It doesn't matter if you're in Africa or if you're in Cuba or wherever. And I wondered whether animals appreciate that sort of rhythmic thing that you get from music that yeah, makes on. you want to no, it's, it's I, like, I, like, I like it. I'm pretty sure they do, but but obviously just a sort of vague memory of my dog is not enough to go definitive, yeah. even if I am making up the rules as I go along. 12 minutes after 12 is the time. Let's get an answer for Bob. Let's also find out a distinct difference, and it has to be academic, between a psychopath and a sociopath. That lovely question from David about uh, a, 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 a tunnel through the centre of the earth. We've done something similar to that, but if we've done that specific question before, I can't remember the answer. I think the momentum of the ball as it goes through would be big enough to defeat, because gravity's not very strong, believe it or not, on this planet. You think it is, because you hear about it all the time. Gravity's not very strong. Do you know how I can prove that? The fact that you can jump in the air means that gravity isn't actually that strong. The gravitational pull of the Earth. If, you, if it was that strong, you wouldn't be able to jump in the air. So what would happen to that theoretical ball in laboratory conditions that's gone right through the centre of the Earth? And why do our clothes get darker when they get wet, given that water is so clear? If it was sort of Coca-Cola, you could understand why, couldn't you? But why does water make denim darker oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three tells in west byfleet tell question or answer answer go on then uh this is to do with the uh, balls dropping through the earth no uh, no d- d- what, what, how's that happened did he did he did he lie to us no i've got i've got you down as a questioner tell sorry about that mate hello, hello sorry are you still there james no who's yeah what, what's happening now they just put the wrong person through no, I'm Tal from West Byfleet. I don't know if have, you're, are you have, talking to me. Have you got a question or an answer? I've got a question, James. Who was the last fella? I don't know. I, did, I, I heard somebody pop up in the background. I just assumed it was something to do with your switchboard. Yeah, but I said Tal in West Byfleet, and he started answering, saying he had an answer. Yeah, he did, didn't he? That's a anyway, bit cheeky. Hang question? on, Tal. Before you ask the question, mate, there's someone out there pretending to be you at the moment. <laughs> he couldn't. There's no two. There's never two of me, James. There can't be two tells. There's only one no, tell it. in West Byfleet. There's only one. All right, quick. Ask your question. Right. I want to know who's written down as discovering England. No you know, one. As, as Captain Cook discovered Hawaii and Columbus discovered very different other countries. Who discovered England? Who's written to have discovered England? Nobody. No, there's no discoverer of England. So how did England come about then? Well, it, it's about you, the only reason you know about the other places being discovered is because of the civilization that discovered them. It had it had history, yes. it had writing, yes. it, it recorded these things. A lot of countries, yes. and also don't forget that there were uh, indigenous people in these countries that we allegedly discovered. Y- yeah, I know. That's what I always say. Columbus didn't discover anything. There was no. people there already. Uh, precisely. So you, you've got you've got a very post-imperial worldview, if you don't mind me saying so. Tell. <laughs> 
Because yeah, humanity has evolved all over the planet, and and in some places it was, I guess, more evolved than in others. And and they're, they're the ones that tooled off around the world in ships looking for gold, killed all yeah. the people they discovered when they got there, and claimed that they discovered the entire country, but they hadn't. They hadn't. It's not. No one discovered England. Is there not a Viking written down somewhere to, that, that would have discovered England? No, because the Vikings only came here to nick all the stuff that the Angles had. Yeah, all right, I'll get you. Yeah, you know, I, I'm, go, I'm going definitive on this. Nobody discovered England. All right, I'll give you that round of applause then, James. <laughs> Good play. Who was the other telly? That's all gone a bit spooky today. It's 12.15. LBC. EC. Dun, dun, dun. 20 minutes after 12 is the time. This is LBC. This is Mystery Hour. What, what questions on the board already? I'll give you a quick reminder in a minute. The, uh, uh, who discovered England? I've gone, I've gone definitive on that. Same with the rhythmic animals, but there are, we need more answers. Do you know, I think Jez is right. Jez can remember this. Didn't Professor Hal answer that question involving snake charmers? I haven't heard from, did we, did we hear from Hal last week? Professor Hal, pub, Professor of the Public Understanding of Science at the University of Brighton. I hope he's not sulking. Maybe he doesn't, I've probably done the water question as well. This is what happens, you see, when we have a change of staff on, uh, on the programme. None of us can remember anything. Also, we're all getting old, or I am, anyway. So we've got young, young colleagues who are young enough to have a decent memory, and then old fogies like me, who are not. Even Jones the Engineer isn't here anymore. Mark's only done about ten mystery hours. How can he be expected to remember what's gone on over the last eight years? All right. I know, I know, I know. You don't start moaning to me about the problems you're having at work, so why the hell should I be moaning to you about the problems I'm having at mine? I'll tell you why, because you're moaning to me about mystery hour repetition. It's not my fault. Psychopaths and sociopaths, a lot of you. What's the difference between one and the other? That technical question about the ball falling through the earth. Do animals have rhythm? Why do our clothes get darker when they're wet? And I've, I've done that one, the water. I know what it is. The word is refraction, but it's too late now. And... um my question, which wasn't really mystery, but it made me chuckle a lot. What makes Jordan Vertu arguably the unluckiest footballer in the world? There's one phone line free. If you can answer any of them, or if you've got a question of your own, be quick and grab it. 21 minutes after 12 is the time. Tobin is in Brent Cross. Tobin, question or answer? Hello, mate. I've got an answer for you. Yeah, it's a rare name, Tobin. One of my best friends is called Tobin. You're the only one I've ever met. The only other one I've ever spoken to. Yeah, it's pretty rare, it's pretty rare. I don't know where my mum came up. I like it, I like it. What's your answer? Cheers, buddy. Um, Oh, can I just say, I think you're the best thing in British media. Yeah, you can. You can, actually. Go on, then, say it. Good, good. You're the best thing in British media. Um, Yeah, cool. Thanks for checking in advance. Now, carry on. (laughs) Good, good. Uh, My answer is, he's unlucky because he he had the choice of choosing two different football teams to move to. Had, like, contracts agreed, same salary, all that sort of business. Uh, he didn't choose particularly wisely. He chose uh, Villa, who were absolute garbage and got relegated. And the other team he could have picked was Leicester City, who did fairly well this season. And that was in so, the, that was during the last break. That was during the last off season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Last last summer. Villa or Leicester? So, mm, Villa, or Villa or Leicester? Leicester. Villa or Le- I'm going to go with. Oh man, qualifications, Tobin. Uh, my mate is the agent who was who organised the deal to Leicester, and he was trying to convince him, but. He chose Villa. Oh, if you build it, if you build it, they will come. Round of applause for Tobin. Not just for the kind words. You, you, that was beautifully played. Well Brilliant. done. Thank you, mate. That, that is an ambition of mine to get a, a round of applause. Well, you've, achi- you've, achieved, you've achieved you've achieved it now. Beautifully done. Even if it was a little bit, uh, what's the word? What's the word for? for, for I can't remember. But extraordinary. Uh, Twenty-three minutes after twelve. Adam is in Isleworth. Adam, question or answer? Uh, it's a question for you. Yes. So, I was in the loo listening to... Oh, uh, no, no, mate. Show. Come on. 
And uh, my question was, why is, why is toilet paper made up of two parts? Two oh, parts? Course. You poor soul. Yeah. It's three parts around my way. Well, I'm, I'm from the north. Um, <laughs> You're not still using the shiny stuff that we had at school. <laughs> from time to time, it depends. Depends how well the month's gone. Um, so, yeah, why, why made up of, of separate sheets? Why not one sheet that's twice as thick rather than... Because if you made one sheet twice as thick, it wouldn't be, it would be, twi- it'd be half as soft. Softness, really? Does yeah, softness yeah. play yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. You're <laughs> overlooking the crucial role that the air cushions play in the process. Air cushion. Well, there's a sort of form of air cushion between the layers, isn't there? The more that you agitate it, the more it comes into play. It sounds like we have uh, different, different, techniques. different standards of <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to go definitive on that, because I just made it up. Even if it turns out to be true, I can't claim the credit for it, but... Well, it's the same with, ki- is it the same with uh, kitchen oil well? Mate, you can't make it thicker. I mean, it, it, it's... Well, kitchen, because it would be like kitchen roll. No, you've just answered your own question, mate, because thick toilet roll is kitchen roll, and that doesn't have the same softness that toilet roll has. I'm just looking at my kitchen roll now, actually. It's made up of two parts. Is it? Yeah. Get you. And uh, why not three parts? Why not go like the razor blades do, where they add another razor blade? I'll tell you what, somebody somewhere in product development at Andrex has just written that down. Well, seven sheets. So you're right. It'd be, it'd be like the razor blades. Every two years, someone will go. I've got a genius. I've had a brainwave. Let's stick another sheet on the toilet roll. The the the, the kitchen roll is thicker than the toilet roll, right? Uh, the kitchen roll. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's about. It's a bit bumpy, but it's. Uh, so it's why 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 in layers and not just one thick piece? Correct. Yeah. Okay. I, do you know what? Maybe that is a slightly bigger mystery than i originally realized next time you have a, a question inspired by your visit to the smallest room in the house but I, 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 maybe sit on your hands for a bit though eh? <laughs> i wouldn't want to sit on my hands <laughs> it's 25 minutes after 12 stop it yvonne's in stanmore yvonne question or answer question carry on um i'd like to know why it is that if you cross your leg you can't your leg the leg that's crossed feels weightless yet if someone else puts their leg on you it feels really heavy what does that make sense? Not even if a little bit. you your own leg, you can't feel the weight of your leg. But if somebody else put their leg on you, you can feel the weight of their leg. Yeah, of course I can feel the weight of my leg. Otherwise, how do you know your legs are crossed? No, but it's not heavy. Well, no, but it would be if you put your ankle on it, though. Do no, it now. it's not. Yes, it if is! You, you, it's not. You could sit there for hours with your leg crossed and it doesn't really feel heavy. Rubbish, you get pins and needles. No, that's different. That's dependence on the, uh, on the angle of it. What, what, what? So I'm sitting here with my leg crossed. Yeah. And then you if I feel a slight weight on it, yeah. it's not heavy. Yeah. But that's that's because of where my thigh is, Yvonne. No. Well, hang on a minute. You're asking questions. I'm giving you brilliant answers, and you're just you're just dissing okay, I'm them. I'm accepting that answer. Well, think think about it, because if you, what you're talking about is you're sitting on the sofa tonight, and 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 whoever the loved one in your life is, plonks their feet on your on your lap. It's really really heavy. Yeah, because they've got no tension in their thigh, you see. But if you cross your own leg, your thigh's taking a lot of the strain. So the knee is not exposed to as much weight as it would be. You've got an elastic muscle in your leg called your femus. I made that up as well. You've got an elastic thing in your leg that supports your weight a bit, is the answer. Is that right? Oh, yeah. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> no, you don't. You're just making it up. <laughs> I think that might be <laughs> might be sort of involved with the truth on some very, very early level. 
But I should find it's a strange question, though. What's made you wonder about it? Do you spend a lot of time staring at your leg, wondering why it's weightless? No, but I have thought about it a couple of times. Oh, well, we'll see if we find out for you. Carry on, Yvonne. Is this the first time you phone Mystery Hour? It is, yes. I like it. I love, I love your question. Why is your leg weightless when you cross it? But if Mrs. O'Brien plonks her legs on my lap when I'm watching the telly, uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, feather light. Feather light her legs are, but still a little heavier than when I cross my own leg. Professor Hal is here. Thank the Lord. Question or answer, Professor Hal? Um, I'm going to have an answer to the um, dropping a ball through the centre of the earth. Don't spoil it by telling us you've done it before. No, I haven't. Oh, good. Carry on then. But you're quite right. Gravity is the weakest of the four fundamental forces. Okay. Um, we're ignoring air friction. What would happen is, um, imagine you drop the ball from sea level. It would drop right down and it would accelerate, um, but the air would cause it to reach a terminal velocity at some point. So it would go straight to the centre of the Earth and it would go effectively up, because now it's travelling up because it's travelling away from the centre of the Earth, and nearly get to the height it was where it started. And then it would start falling back down again. So it would oscillate like a pendulum. And in the same way as a pendulum eventually comes to rest, the ball would eventually come to rest at the centre of the Earth because the energy is slowly being... Um, so it would go like... And then it would end hovering in the middle exactly. of the Earth. Like, and like any spring, like any sort of um, system with stored energy, it would go back, forth, back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. And then stop. Qualifications? Um... I'm a professor of public understanding of science at the University of Brighton. I've, I, I've realised I don't let you say that often enough. <laughs> no, I don't actually say it very often, actually. No, and you should do, because no, we're, pr- we're very proud of you. You know we're proud of you. And in fact, I mean, I know you used to be a copper. And having spoken, I don't know if you are listening to David Lewisham earlier, an ex-copper, you didn't really paint a very pretty picture of former police officers. I, I'm, I'm glad that you're here to remind us that you can go on to academic greatness once you've left the force. No, we we can do lots of different things. Exactly. I think that's Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Round of applause for the prof. That was for David. He's got a day off school because of the polling stations, and I've got a wonderful bit of trivia for you involving polling stations. This better be true. If it isn't, I'm going to have to pick a fight with someone. Why do they use schools? And it's not... It's not wh- wh- where did the tradition start? So the answer is not going to be... Um, well, because it's the only place you can do it in terms of space and convenience, because that might well be the reason it happens now. But where did the tra- where did the tradition of having polling stations in schools begin? Ninety I, percent, I, this is true, and I really hope it is, because when I tell you after the news, you're going to love this little nugget of information just as much as I do. First, though, Eleanor Noakes is here with the headlines. Parliament's been told the health secretary is willing to on LBC. 33 minutes after 12 is the time, and you are listening to James O'Brien on LBC. Uh, Some questions that still need answers include the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath. Um, I should have checked with Professor Hall about the rhythmic animals, but I think he has done that before. We just need to prove it. He used snake charmers. Uh, Why is toilet paper made in the way that it is made? Why don't we have one thick sheet instead of three thin sheets all stuck together? I think when you hear the answer to that, you're going to kick yourself if you didn't work it out for yourself. And why does water make clothes darker when water itself of course, is colourless and clear. And you now know why Jordan Vertut, thanks to Tobin in Brent Cross, is probably the unluckiest footballer in the land at the moment. Imagine having the choice at the beginning of last season between Aston Villa and Leicester City. And, and most people would have chosen Aston Villa, actually, at the beginning of last season. <sighs> most people didn't get off with the choice. 12.34 is the time. Roman is in Dulwich. Roman, question or answer? Uh, got an answer. Carry on. It's to do with the... Uh, uh, colour of um, materials, you know, when they're wet. Yes. 
it isn't to do with refraction, as I think you said. What? No, it's not. No, it's to do with absorption. Ah. Now, all substances absorb light to a different degree. Uh, for instance, if you shine a beam of light into a tank of water, the beam won't come out as bright on the other side. Some of the water has absorbed quite a bit of the light, yeah? No, it hasn't absorbed it. It's absorbed it. No, it's been yeah, refracted. It's been sent off in a different direction. direction. So, yeah, exactly. Well, so that's not so absorption. That's refraction. Well, no, it's just scattered. That's what refraction means. Well, but that's what we call, that's what we call the absorbed. Who's let we? Say, let me go back to the colour, right? No, hang on a minute. Yeah. We need to be clear, because you've already told me I was wrong, and you've just completely misrepresented science. No, what do you think refraction means? The word. If it doesn't come at... Well, refraction is the bending of light when it goes through a different medium. Like water. Because it's changed direction. Yeah, like water. Yeah. So the reason the beam doesn't come out the other side the same as it went in is because the bending of the light as it passes through a different medium, ergo refraction. Yeah, so, but it stays in the material, doesn't it? No, of course it doesn't so stay in so the material. There's no light in your genes, light. mate. You yeah. give your genes a bit of a squeeze, yeah. you're not going to get light dropping out of them. Well... It comes out in sort of different directions, but in effect, we say it's been absorbed. Anything absorbed is going to go somewhere. You might say so it's been it's absorbed, but it's not physically accurate. I mean, it is a phrase yeah. that's used to describe total internal reflection, or, or, I mean, that's the phenomenon you're describing. Well, can I, can I, can I just sort of... If you, uh, want, you can if you want so to, Roman. OK, the light has gone in all directions, so I'd say it's been absorbed, but OK, perhaps technically not. Uh, although some of it will. Um, and so then the, the genes now have uh, absorbed some more light than they have before, because at the moment, uh, before they were just absorbing blue light, uh, reflecting blue light and absorbing all the other colours. And that's another thing, you see. Now, why do they look, why do those blue genes look red, blue in the first place? Because they absorbed all the other colours, didn't they? And only blue I, light. God, you know, I, you should you should write a book about optimism. <laughs> what, what, before I decide how rude I'm going to be to you, Roman, what are your qualifications to answer this question? Um, uh, I've got a degree in physics. You, really? Yeah. Go on, tell me something impressive that's true about physics. That's true about physics. Yeah, because what you've just said isn't. So, the bit, the bit, something that, that, that establishes your physics credentials. Um, well, I'm hard pushed to think of anything. Well, you might, you've got a degree in it. You must be able to think well, of one thing. Yeah, but, well, almost anything I could say would be, would be true. What's Brownian motion? Brownian motion is... Uh, little particles, when you look at little I, particles... I don't know why I asked you that. I mean, I've got no way of knowing whether your answer is correct or not. I think you'll find that's true. I'm sure it is, but refraction is the reason why, why clothes get darker. No, I don't agree. Right. Uh, Hang on, I've got a professor on the other line. Professor Martin Smith is a professor of robotics at the University of Middlesex. Martin, can you, um, can you, can you, can you answer this at all? I think I can. I think I agree with you, actually. There you go, that's it. Roman, on your jog, round of applause for me. Two profs for the price of one. Uh, question or answer, Professor Smith? It's an answer. Carry on. It's the, um, about the legs feeling crust, uh, legs being crust feeling heavy. Really? You recognise mm. what she described? 
Yes, well, I did the experiment. I crossed my legs and it felt comfortable. Then I crossed my legs so that my ankle was just lying on my knee. Yes. And so the weight is the same, but, of course, it's uncomfortable because of the pressure. If your ankle is over your knee, you've got a very small contact area, so the same weight is, feels very uncomfortable because the pressure's high, whereas if you've got your legs crossed in the normal way, the, the uh, weight is spread over the but whole I, length. I, 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 I recognise what you describe. I think you might be answering slightly the wrong question because what Yvonne insisted was that when someone else puts their leg on her, it feels heavier than her own leg does. I think that's because when somebody puts their leg on you, it will be over a, a much smaller area. They won't be able to put the whole thigh on you. They'll just put, typically, uh, their ankle on you. Yeah. Which is a small area, hence high pressure, hence discomfort. Therefore you get that feeling, I mean, like a stiletto heel exerting yes. way more pressure than a, than a yes. Wellington boot. Yes. I'm going to give you the round of applause, partly because I think you, you're either there or very close, and also partly because you just helped me suss Roman so brilliantly. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly, about the light thing. Oh yeah. Um, if you're looking at the, the clothes from the other side, more light goes through, and it's lighter. The light isn't absorbed as Roman absorbed. absorbed. Roman said no. it goes through if you happen to be looking from the other side. Uh, I knew he was wrong. I knew he was wrong. <laughs> uh, just a good job out of Professor to back me up to prove it. Round of applause for the prof. <sighs> Roger is in Camberley. Roger, question or answer? Uh, good afternoon. I'd like to have a steward's inquiry, please. Go on, then. The answer given by the professor about the about the ball that was dropped through the centre of the earth. Okay, but you, you, I mean, you need to be pretty clear and confident that we've made a mistake here. Go on. Now, I think you answered a rhetorical question with a theoretical answer. And if you were to drop a ball through a hole in the centre of the earth, it wouldn't go any further than the centre of the earth. It probably wouldn't even get there. Depending on what it was made of. Uh, um, mate, the, 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 you just oh, used the word theoretical, Roger. Well, it's a theoretical question. And, and a theoretical no. answer. And now you're being practical, which is the opposite of theoretical. So, of course, you can't drill a hole through the centre of the earth. No, and if you dropped a ball, it wouldn't go anywhere because it'd catch fire. Yeah, but you can't yeah. drill the hole in the first place. That's why we said theoretical, Roger. Absolutely. But yeah. if you actually made a hole theoretically... Mate, stop it now. Roger, stop it. St- Roger, stop. I think you're missing. Roger, put the spade away and stop digging. I can't dig. No, Zach. Have a great day. Bruce is in Oxfordshire. Bruce, question or answer? Uh, question, James. Ca- good, ca- good day to you. Hello, Bruce. Um, who makes morals? Me. What do you want to know? What's the next one coming? <laughs> Who makes most? You, well, it's religious leaders, historically, isn't it? To try and, and whether they're doing it for the good of the population and the good of the congregation or whether they're doing it for their own purposes is, is open to historical analysis. But, but the history of morals is the history of philosophers and religions. Um, and so what about today, while religion is sort of dying on its feet, who's making them up now? Well, uh, everybody. Politicians, probably, but we have to be careful what we say about that. The point is this. If you look at the classic traditions of mor- <laughs> a- 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 attempts to establish morality devoid of religion, you- you're looking mostly at the 19th century Enlightenment and people like John Stuart Mill's theory of utility. So utilitarianism becomes you do what's best for the majority of people at all times, even if it's bad for a minority, or you get Kant's categorical imperative, which 
which is kind of like an evolution of the golden rule, do unto others as you would have done unto yourself. And, or you use in the 20th century, you'd go for someone like John Rawls's Veil of Justice, where he makes everybody decide what they'd want to happen in a given situation without knowing where they sit in society. So usually morals are determined by what's best for the population that is determining upon the morality. Historically, that would be religious leaders. More currently, and, and, and historically too, it will be philosophers and, and thinkers, and those thinkers increasingly might be political. Really? Can you give me a contemporary example of that? Well, I, d- I just gave you John Rawls uh, and, and the Veil of Ignorance, which is from the 60s or the 70s. That's the idea that if there were a hundred of us and we were all deciding what happens to thieves, what happens to people who are so hungry they've been shoplifting, but we didn't know where we sat in that, we'd probably give a different answer morally as to what should happen to that person than if we knew it definitely was us or it definitely wasn't us. I, I, I capitulate just to the length of that answer. But yeah, and, I, and I the quality, mate. It wasn't it was quality and quantity, Bruce. <laughs> it's, it's your, in your mind, yeah. But I mean, I'm just wondering back today, not the '60s, with the internet world. Who's making that and, and confirming these uh, the, these morals there or lack of? Well, I've got, I've, it's not my fault you couldn't keep up. Here's the here's, here's the other angle on it. It's it, <laughs> it, it, it's about it's about the trade-off, if you like, between positives and negatives. So morality now has pretty much become an observation about what what's best for most of us. And and there will be arguments about what us means, whether or not you want to bring ethnicity into it or population or, or, or geography. But generally speaking, morality is supposed to be what's good for us. And that's as true today as it was then. So when you're looking at the internet and you might be indulging in something that is a little bit questionable, I, the, the moral question is, are you doing harm? Not me personally, no, but, you know... I don't know. I'm going to take a round of applause for that. It's one of the best answers I've ever given. (laughs) To be fair, Bruce, you could have been a bit more flipping appreciative, pal. I brought in Kant, I brought in Mill, I brought in John Rawls. You don't even get that on question time, and you just sort of sat there sounding a bit... Vanilla. What? Nonplussed. Yeah, nonplussed. That's what you sounded like. It's 12.45. From the LBC Travel Centre. 12.49 is the time. You're listening to James O'Brien's Mystery Hour on LBC, which has been a little bit uh, out of the ordinary this week. We've still got questions involving rhythmic animals, psychopaths, sociopaths and two-ply toilet paper. Barry's in Chigwell. Barry, question or answer? Uh, it's, uh, it's an answer. Barry, you sound like you've wrapped your head in toilet paper. I can barely hear a word you say. It's the toilet paper. No, it's the toilet paper question. I know the answer for. Go on, then. Well, he wants to know about two plies. Well, with the plies, the reason we do plies is for softness. So we use a one ply, there is a two ply. Unfortunately, there is already a three ply on the market. Is there? Hang on a minute. Hang on, hang on. Memo to self. Phone Andrex with the four ply idea after programme. Also, monkey tennis. (laughs) Also, monkey tennis. Carry on, Barry. (laughs) Oh, monkey tennis. The reason we don't go any more of a ply is it would be great to have a really comfortable roll, like a toilet tissue. I'm not toilet tissue, kitchen towel roll. Yeah. But the problem is, is because it's so thick, it's not going to break down in the toilet system. That's why we don't ever throw kitchen towel in the the sink. It goes into a bin. Mm. So it blocks up. So that's why we can't go too thickness on the ply. So what we do is we make them a little bit thinner so you get more sheets on a roll, or you double it up, but the problem is if you've got more more pliers, your roll's going to be less sheets on a roll, so consumers won't be happy with that. It's comfortable, but they're going to get through it a lot quicker. And, and you, so it's all about flushability 
So, so it's, it, it's, it's a trade-off it, between so, flushability, yeah. comfort, and and longevity of role. Yeah, because you've got three plugs. Just take, for example, the household toilet roll you use in the moment. It's got about 320 sheets. Yeah. If you make it a three-ply, it goes down to 200 sheets. Of course it does. Of course it does. So people don't say it's that one. Yeah, it's yeah. softer, but we're not going to get but it. I see, we're getting anyway, through so it. Have you got a cold, you might say, to your, to your wife? Have you got a cold at the moment? You're blowing your nose at it. What the hell is going on? Are we are getting through this toilet roll at a rate of knots, you might say, if you were... Keeping an yeah, eye on the exactly. toilet. Exactly. And if you had a bigger roll, as we all know, if I have a me, I've got a two year old up girl at home, so she's always constantly pulling the toilet roll out. Yeah. So I hesitate to ask you this question, Bazzy. <laughs> <laughs> what are your qualifications? Oh, <laughs> I've been selling toilet rolls for 10 years. It's not just toilet rolls, but yeah. If you wow, build it, like. they will <laughs> come. Round of applause like for ba- that's pre- That's beautiful, mate. That is a thing of beauty. And such a brilliant answer. And also, and I'm not, I'm, this is a genuine question. You're quite enthusiastic about your job. Oh, I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm picking up, I love that. I'm picking it up. I love that. I love that. That's great. Who'd have thought it? 12.51, Barry, God knows what you're ringing for next time, but I will always remember you as Barry the Bog Roll Boy. Uh, James is in Woodford. James, question or answer? It's a question. What is it? It is, why do we never see baby pigeons? Oh, you're messing with me now. That's the, this is funny, is it? Yeah, it's one of those shows where everything's got a little... But that's that's the question I use as the definition of dull, James. Well, it's, I mean, have you ever seen one? Well, I, well I've, I've never seen a baby tortoise, either. They're in the well, nest, you, you prune. Yeah, but when you see other birds, you see lots of other animals... No, you and don't. And... No, you don't. You do, you see little nests... When, when did you last see a baby sparrow? When did you last see a baby eagle? Uh, well, the eagles aren't as popular. It's just, it's just like the question. Everywhere. This is the question that defines dullness. Did you know that when you rang yeah. in? Have they used you cruelly to tease me, or, or, or were you sort of under the illusion that this was interesting? Oh, I just, just thought I'd tease you a little bit, but... Uh, well, how's it working out for you? I don't know, I've just never seen one and was curious. No, don't, st- stop, 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 you're channelling Nigel, stop. <laughs> Move along. Why'd you never see baby pigeons? Anyone rings in with white dog poo? I'm going home. Martin's in Torquay. Martin, question or answer? I've got an answer, James. Good man. Um, well, it's a couple of answers, actually. Well, you're only allowed um, one. Okay, a sociopath. Yes. Uh, somebody with a personality disorder that has extreme antisocial attitudes. But a psychopath has violent yeah. social behaviour. That's the difference. That's one what is I thought. Violent. And one isn't. One will hurt you, and one just won't care that you're hurt. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Do you, can I talk to you about the one about the light? Only if you're going to agree with me. Uh, well, yeah, partially. partially. Um, I don't know if I want a partially. Right. It, it, it's, this, it's this simple, really. Um, frequencies, and that's what light is. Light is a frequency. You can't hear it because it's, it's really high. You see it as, 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 as a colour. Um, so frequencies are absorbed um, by an object. All frequencies absorbed by an object appear as black, but all frequencies reflected, as you're talking about, appears white. Mm. And uh, some absorb, some selected absorption um, reflects back as colours. So if you have a, a leaf you know, that's green. Um, all the other colours are sort of absorbed by it, but the green is reflected back. But, but that's it in a nutshell. All, all, all oh, mate, Martin, just ca- cash in the psychopath answer, seriously. Yeah. 
Okay. Because I think we were all right on the light. I, I, I thought I'd give you a run out, see where it led. But we're, we're, well, I mean, the well, answer well, is inter- total internal reflection or refraction, and we call it what yeah, you will. Well, and, 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 and also, don't forget that the other Martin, who's a professor, had already yeah, kind of embellished on it. I, I lit you, James, in, in the Channel 5 studio. Did, <laughs> did you really? You're, so you're responsible for this so-called career? Yeah, I was, I was a lighting director. If, yeah, um, if you'd turned off those lights, Martin, imagine imagine the good you would have done this country if no one had ever yeah. seen my grinning fizzog <laughs> on the... Te- not that on Channel yeah. 5 many people did see it, but still, yeah, it's the thought that counts. Yeah, it used to come in with Kirsty, do you remember? Of course I do, yeah. Of course you do, yeah. And I lit you. I was there every night. Mate, you're um, a star. So, uh, there we are. That's about... Well, I thank you for it, Martin. You could have made me look a little bit more handsome, maybe given me a bit of a suntan, but you did your best working with... Let's be honest, with some pretty dodgy raw materials. Give Martin a round of applause. And another one for lighting me on Channel 5 about 164 years ago. Yeah, indeed. Are you enjoying your retirement in sunny Torquay? Absolutely, James. Yeah, it's a beautiful day down here. I suppose it's in London as well. But uh, I'd say just looking across the bay, it's um, a little yachts out on the bay. We're quite high up here and got lovely views. So uh, absolutely fantastic. It's good to catch up. Good and to catch up, and I won't do any jokes. I won't do any jokes about waiting for sound because they're not funny anymore in the digital world. Uh, Martin, take care, mate. Uh, go to Maz next in Kingston. Maz, question or answer? It's an answer. Yes. <laughs> for you, um, uh, excellent trying to. <laughs> um, are you are you a genuine caller or are you auditioning to be a Hollywood villain? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> you expect great, me to talk, Mr. Great, what? great, great admirer. Yes. I couldn't believe it how, how you didn't know the answer and how you built up all everything about morals. Yes. Incredible. <laughs> yes, I, I've got to warn you, if you're sniggering at me in the belief that I got the answer wrong, you're almost certainly setting yourself up for a massive fall. I know, I Go know. <laughs> Um, church and pol- politicians, they, they s- establish laws and they influence morals, but society... Um, Chooses which uh, ones they want to adopt. We did, we did cover that. Yeah, but... but it is, the, the, the question was, where do they start? Obviously, society decides which ones to follow, but where do they actually get their choices from? And the answer is the arbiters of morality, i.e. the clerics or uh, the philosophers, and these days, of course, the political thinkers, the politicians. Yeah, so... But, um, Stop now. The, the answer was... Stop now. The <laughs> question was... Mate, seriously. From, uh, the morals. Morals are from society. No, not no, no. Morals are in society. Mor- morals, society is where morals end up. The question was, where do they begin? No, that's... You can carry uh, on, Maz, but you'll forgive me for not listening. David is in Forest Hill. David, what have you got? Um, I've got an answer for you, James. What, what, go on then. I thought we'd done everything it's, there. From the, no, I've got, the, uh, I've got the boring pigeon answer oh, for you. shut the front door, David. Yeah, no, I'm sorry, mate, but... Um, they're messing the, with the, me the, now, these people. No, these so-called it, colleagues. It's really true. Yeah, go on then, why don't you see any baby pigeons? Yeah, 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 well, yawn, because yawn. When, they're, um, when they're in the nest, they're babies, and mm. they don't leave the nest until they're able to fly. Obviously. So when they leave the nest, you can see them, yeah, and that's, that is as obvious as it is. Same reason you don't see all manner of other chicks from various other types of bird. This is very true. Except water birds. That's, yeah, well, you will see a chick, but... You'll see, anything that nests in a tree, you're not, you're not going to see, or anything that nests up high, and pigeons, of course, originally nested on cliffs, so they tend to nest even higher up than other birds. And balconies and that kind of thing. Qualifications, Dave?
Uh, my ex-boss used to race pigeons, and I used to clean out his pigeon loft every Saturday, and it was um, an extremely grim job. That sounds pretty gross. I used to clean out the chicken house. That was the one silver lining of the folks getting the chickens, was that I didn't have to clean out the chicken house anymore. But a pigeon house, how many pigeons in there, roughly? Uh, there must have been at least 50 to 60 pigeons in each loft. You should have got in touch with Barry, the bog roll bloke. Indeed. He'd have sorted you right <laughs> out. And on that bombshell, we call time on a slightly surreal show. Round of applause for David. Lots to listen to on the podcast today, I would humbly suggest. And I'm sure the same will be true for the ensuing three hours, because Sheila Fogarty is here. I'll be back tomorrow morning from 10. This is LBC. Thank you, James. Uh, from three, I want to talk about this. It's being reported that Janet Jackson, who is 50, is expecting a baby. More and more women are, I learned today. Are you OK with that? Uh, from two, the government wants to give police and immigration officers powers to demand proof of a person's nationality. Is that common sense in the times we live or the loss of a precious freedom? After the news, a review of maternity services recently concluded more babies should be born in midwife-led units or at home with a community midwife. Now, a West Yorkshire NHS trust has admitted errors made in its midwife-led unit led to a baby being still